Hello, boys and ghouls and friends of the creepy and the scary. Welcome to the Horror Pop Extravaganza. I am one of your hosts here, Pops Ghostly. And with me, as always, is Frank Nardskin. Frank Nardskin. It's nice to see you, Frank, or Francis, as I've heard you've been called in some circles. So, <laughs> happy New Year, everybody. It is New Year's Day. The year is 2024. We're both, you know, had uh, nights last night and Ooh. things like that, and up late and stuff like that. Jason, or not Jason, Frank Nardskin. Nardflap? Nardskin. <laughs> Nardflap is my cousin. <laughs> Second cousin on my mother's side. All oh, you guys put your what were you doing? Put your buttholes on the Blarney Stone or some shit. There was a name in an episode where you were <laughs> You're like the great like foreskins or whatever. Okay. <laughs> anyway, happy new year. It is 2024. I um, hope you have a great year ahead of you and everything turns out just wonderful and peachy. But uh, we are here to celebrate the New Year's Eve holiday with a little bit of New Year's horror. Maybe the only New Year's. I think there was one on Hulu that they did like a, one of those. I don't know what they're after dark series or some shit. You know, they do those. Right. Uh, but they had one that I want to say was like a New Year's Eve thing. And it was a bunch of girls hanging out, but not traditionally a holiday that you see horror. And I think for many reasons. And we should preface this by saying, you know, this movie came out when everybody was trying to copy Halloween. Right. And like any holiday you could fucking find, just grab it. We want to make, you know, tens of millions on a $300,000 budget too. Like that's awesome, you know? Right. And in 1978, making fucking $35 million was a big deal, you yeah. know, on a movie or something like that. But we're going to talk about this little, uh, I don't even know if I'd call it a gem, just this movie that exists uh, like New Year's nugget. Evil. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so why don't you uh, why don't you lay it out there for us? Give us a little bit. There's not a lot I know to talk about this movie, but give us a little something about 1980s New Year's Evil. During a New Year's Eve celebration, a Los Angeles disc jockey receives a phone call saying that when New Year's strikes in each time zone, someone will be murdered and <laughs> she <laughs> will be the last one. <laughs> I gave that more respect oh, than it deserves, really. You really did. <laughs> so is there anybody of note uh, in this thing or anybody you want to talk about? So Roz Kelly is kind of the star of this thing. She plays Diane Sullivan, like the, the rock Blaze. god host. Yes, Blaze. Yes. And uh, I guess her, she's famous from she was Fonzie's girlfriend in Happy Days. Oh, really? I guess okay. so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kip Niven as Richard Sullivan. And... Who did you say Kip looks like? To me, he looked just like Garrett uh, Dillahunt, who was, yeah, Dillahunt. He was in, like, Raising Hope. He was in, let me see what else. Last House on the Left, No Country for Old Men. Like, he's been in a lot. He's a working actor that if you saw his face, you'd, you'd know. But, man, does he look like this fucking killer in this movie. Right. But I thought this guy gave a great performance. Like, yeah, yeah, it was fun. As far it was a as lot like fun. creepy serial killer guys goes, he was he was great. Yeah, uh, Grant Kramer plays the super creepy son. <laughs> <laughs> yes, our homie from uh, 
Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I, I, you know, I see his face pop up here and there in like, you know, small 80s stuff whenever I'm kind of going through things, but it's never a big role. It's usually supporting somewhere, but I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, I'm hitting cocoons. Yeah, hey, we gotta go. <laughs> he looks so different in this. He almost looks yeah, like yeah, a pretty yeah. boy with the blonde hair and everything. Yeah. Uh, we have Larissa Moretz as Sally, one of the sad victims. Oh, I think she, maybe the nurse. I don't know. I can't yeah, remember yeah. names. Anyway, there's not a lot. Not a lot um, of uh, <laughs> names in this. Uh, directed by Emmett Alston. And uh, it came out in 1980. Yes. A great year for serial killing. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> they even referenced like, um, I think they referenced it somewhere in here, like the Night Stalker or some shit like that. Uh, this was pre-Night but, Stalker. Well, I don't know. Uh, but no, it was definitely Son of Sam, I think they Son said. of Sam, maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, because Son of Sam was what, like 74, 75? Yeah. Like, yeah, somewhere in there. But this Vietnam is pretty post-70s. like 70s. This is like 79, 70s, 80s New Year that they're showing here. And this is Los Angeles at its most hardcore. <laughs> Dude, the, I mean, we open up with, I love that, even though we get a lot of this fucking band and music throughout this I would movie. almost say too much. <laughs> I would say too much. Although we I were rocking out say. before we recorded. Yes. yes and I was yes, like, you know what? This shit's all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so we open up New Year's Eve, like you said, and we just see a group of maybe seven people all crammed into this drop top, driving down the strip, spitting on people and like, fuck you, fuck you. I mean, there, there's no kindness in these people at all. No. And I don't know what they're so angry about. I don't either. Just, like his girlfriend tries to hug him. And he's like, fuck off, bitch. Right. Like, and then grabs her by the, the hair and kisses like, her. Come here and shit. suck my tongue. <laughs> right, it's it's very strange, and they're all painted up. I are, guess are they punk goth, rockers? Punk? Yeah, are I don't they... know, punk goth, some weird amalgamation. Metalheads back then, I don't know. Metalheads wouldn't you... wear makeup. No, 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 they wouldn't have had all that. Not your metalheads. No, this was more. I would say like new wave, maybe if I was going to call it something like new wave punk shit. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we're sitting here talking about this this band that nobody's heard of, but they do show up. And the whole intro is this New Year's Evil song. And it's like, New Year's Evil, da, 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 what the New Year's Evil. Da, da, da. <laughs> I can't remember, but it is something like that. They're all going to a club, though, where Blaze is hosting a New Year's countdown. At the local she, Hilton. <laughs> at the local Hilton, you're right. <laughs> and she, like, man, this outfit is not good. Like, No, nothing <laughs> is good, dude. Her hair. Her right, makeup like, that she's trying so hard and she just like paints some rouge on her fucking face. Right. <laughs> and then, and I was, but all of them were very overly makeup. Yeah, yeah. It was like out of control. And I was trying to figure out like at that time, who would they have been emulating with this character? I couldn't think right. of anybody, you know? I didn't. I mean, maybe there was, you know, on the scene somewhere, some local shit that people... Because this is even, what, pre-MTV or real close to... Like, when did, yeah. What year did MTV... I don't remember the actual year, but it was close. Like, the idea of the 
VJ yeah. or DJ being a celebrity type figure and not just a so, voice on the radio. I, I remember most of our uh, VJs being our age or yes. maybe a little older. This lady looks like she's past her prime. Right. And that was that was part of the problem. She's like rocking with all these young kids and she looks, you know, like she's supposed to be 25, but she's 40 playing 25. And well, and, and so she has a grown that. ass son. <laughs> Right. He's a right. He's like 24, 25 years old or some shit like that. But we do learn with the son quickly that Blaze and her kid have a unhealthy relationship. He is dying for affection from his mother and she is just so self-absorbed with this next project or becoming the biggest whatever ever. That she doesn't pay attention to him. He's all excited. I got this part. I want to tell you all about it. At first, I thought he was her boyfriend. Right. And then she, she's she's right. like, oh, son. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is weird, dude. 1981 yeah. is when MTV started. So one year oh, after okay. this, this right. so maybe, maybe created MTV. This was the catalyst for MTV. 1980s New Year's Evil. <laughs> She's going to do her thing, and he's going to stay in the hotel. He's all bummed out because she won't listen about this part that he got. But then quickly, when she gets on the stage, we get a phone call from somebody, and he's like, I'm evil. <laughs> With one of them, like, this is Scream, too. I was like, shit, dude, that's like the first voice changer. That's what I was thinking. I was like, they didn't perfect it until Scream, because this voice changer is bunk, dude. It sounds like he's talking through a kazoo. <laughs> right it really does um but this is a big turn from all of the other slashers kind of around the time is that we see this dude's face like off right the off jump. the bat yeah 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 we don't actually get the mask like he's not masked until the very end throughout the whole movie though he's kind of just changing costumes and whatever works right i'll be a cop i'll work at the hospital i'll do whatever it takes oh and derek this whole time is like or she's like, call your dad or some shit. Or where's my dad? Like, I want to see my dad. And, oh, he's on a project somewhere. He'll be back soon. Okay. He calls up and is like, yo, I'm going to kill somebody on the hour of midnight in the, each three time zones. Like, I'm starting here. I'm like, fuck, dude, you got to drive fast as fuck. <laughs> like, you'd have to be on the border. You know what I mean? Like, right. on the right on the border to merc somebody. Get to the next one. Try and get as far as you can into the States. So you can merc somebody else. And then hopefully have enough time to get to the next one. But he's going to kill somebody on the hour, stroke of midnight, in each of the three time zones. And there's nothing she can do about it. And she, you know, starts to be like, oh, this weird fucker called, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we see the first killing is her friend. I thought the, it was her assistant, but well, yeah, something yeah. Oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Assistant friend, something like that. But we get this long, drawn out scene in this bathroom that lasts forever i'm like how many times is she gonna turn the fucking dripping water off Seriously, and all this kill this bitch already <laughs> and then you don't get the kill though you, no! you it's everything's off screen and i'm like damn it what you do get is your first shot of that goddamn switchblade and boy do they love that switchblade <laughs> dude they love the switchblade through the whole movie even the kid when they're doing the tickets at the door and he pulls out his comb switchblade hey, dude, he's like they were like no worry pops i got my tickets i got my tickets <laughs> They were like, switchblades are cool. Make sure we get right. the light shining off that blade. It's got to be there. Switchblades are I swear so to cool. God, he popped it twice in one scene. Like, he popped it and then put it away and then popped it again. <laughs> so he could do it again yeah. just to do it. Probably. <laughs> Fucking continuity thing they didn't even give a fuck about. They were just like, it was, I don't know, open it again. It'll look cool. 
Switchblades are cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so he kills her assistant. Oh, makes the first call, but he's like recording it and shit while he's doing it so he can prove that. <laughs> On like a full on 80s <laughs> right. box. He's like, right. record, play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when he's getting out with that nurse, he does that. Yeah. He hits the buttons right at the right time. So he's recording these, sending them to her. And all throughout this, we talked about the band who's just always fucking there, dude. And they go from playing like punk music to straight like Delta blues. Dude, we got to talk the, about the, this mosh pit, dude, that they got going. This mosh pit is out of control. I was like, is this right. what 80s mosh pits look like? These right. people look fucking gorked out of their head and they're slamming into each other. And some of them Jumping are smiling. Off all the some of them yeah. Are yeah, they're stage diving right into the floor. Like, nobody. I, I feel fuck. like the direction was act like you're so fucked up, you're a zombie. Yeah, they were yeah. like, I mean, they were t doing it, you know? And it was like, they tried to make it like it was this huge thing and they had like 25 extras. So the camera's right. just real right. tight. <laughs> so tight, dude. I'm like three people and it'll you just be the, the tight same looker. guy, like, get knocked down and come pop back up in the back and then come forward and you're like yeah and the next thing they're playing this slow ass music and these fucking people are hanging on each other and Dude, like, they, i love yeah. you man let's take uh, <laughs> i know it was really weird like the the tonal change in the music was so strange because you start so with strange. this new wave punk and you immediately move to like i said old like blues and shit like muddy waters and stuff yeah you're just up there and i'm like what the fuck is this like nobody at the club would be like we're gonna slow it down for well the whole scenario fucking... is weird because it does look like a club but they're obviously yeah. at like the at like a fucking auditorium in a hotel and then the show is some sort of mix of like MTV raps mixed with like fucking um it's mixed with like a Jerry Lewis telethon like they're taking phone calls <laughs> oh, and yeah, shit yeah, yeah. that's how she gets the phone call yeah yeah she's like they had the big lips like Roxy. lips yeah <laughs> Blazes on, baby. Let's so, do it. Apparently, this is for charity. So, God bless you guys. You're doing God's work. Right. <laughs> You're doing great things. But the, so we get to our second kill, like you said. Well, all this shit is going on, and this movie is very disjointed. You know, the um, it's all over the fucking place for the most part. But we continue. At least there's the story of we know we're going to get these three kills. But for me, the most fun comes when our killer Richard is fucking getting like disheveled and shit yeah. like chased by the biker gang and he's dressed up as a priest and he's a cop at one point he does get the girl at the hospital he just dresses up like orderly and is like yo girl what's up you want to go fuck and she's, and she's like, like into it she's like right yeah i'm not that kind of girl well maybe maybe i am right right didn't take didn't take her long to change her mind which is cool girl you want to get some dick go get some yeah it's new year's but, dude fucking dick it up yeah and they even talk about it on the radio though they're like oh or if you're just that you know in the moment first time meeting lovers and she like smiles and is like he he that's us uh and then he gives her the fucking knife at the hospital and then the third killing is supposed to be no because there was he was gonna kill the girl because he went to the drive-in. That's, But I can't remember how he ended up running over. He's like daydreaming or some shit, driving around dressed as a priest <laughs> yeah. and runs into a biker's motorcycle or some yeah. shit. Like, full-on runs him over. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, shit, I better get out of here. And these bikers are fucking serious. So he takes off, goes and hides at the drive-in, but they find him, go. And the drive-in scene is cool, but what really weirded me out is they show the title card for Blood Feast, but the movie they're showing is not Blood Feast. 
Oh, that I is didn't not, even pick but, up on that. Yeah. yeah, you probably wouldn't. I mean, only fucking stupid people like me who have spent, you know, too many hours obsessing over horror movies. I shouldn't say obsessing, but really enjoying. But yeah, Blood Feast is a classic. We'll get to one day, dude, because that one did some shit for the genre. But yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why do that? Why show unless you just want to, you know, name grab because Blood Feast was big, huge, popular at the drive-ins and shit. But other than that, why show a title card for one and then the actual movie of another? Right. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. It must have been rights or something. But you got the rights to the title card. Like, you can you not use another couple seconds of foot? You know what I mean? Like, if they give you the rights to use the title card, why not? Yeah, dude. Either way, that's, that's neither here nor there. So he goes and parks at the drive-in, and he's hiding in his car, and the bikers just come fucking hauling ass in. And I'm like, this is sweet. You know, just over all the shit. And he's ducked down, freaked out. They end up. He realizes he's going to get caught by the car he's in. So he goes and there we had seen this high school couple who are about to get it on in the backseat of his car, smoking <laughs> weed like, yeah, yeah. you ready yet, girl? And she's like, next movie, next movie. I'm like, that's sweet. Yeah, she's just sitting there, titties uh, out. And he's just like going to town and he's like, you ready yet? And she's like, next movie. I'd be like, God damn, that's that's messed up. <laughs> that's lady. all right. Yeah. Anticipation is a good thing. He takes their car, though. He gets out, and he's like, where are the fucking keys? And, like, yanks this kid out. And he's like, they're in the ignition, bro. Takes off with her in the car. Yeah. And he doesn't even does try to save his blade. girl, dude. <laughs> no, like... no. And he um, shows her the switchblade. And yeah, she's like, oh, like, I'll do it. Like, I ain't got no money. I got $3. Or we could fool around. I won't fight. <laughs> like, she's like, whatever. Like, anything to get this guy uh, away from me. For obvious reasons. He's fucking crazy. That was the he moment ends, in the movie where, where I felt icky. Like, I yeah, was like, yeah, that was Ew. when she's it, like, and we can the, get it on if you want. And you're like, oh, rapey. Yeah. But obviously, we've already seen this guy's not interested. And he, he likes foreplay, but he don't even care about getting it on. No, no, no. He's not there for the sex. He's no. there for We do. No, we haven't learned much more about him yet. But he ends up almost hitting a couple New Year's Eve partiers who are like drunk He's like, what the fuck? Get out of the way. And she jumps out and takes off running yeah. to a local stadium of some sort, mm -hmm. uh, football, something like that. Hides under the bleachers behind some other shit. But then the cops end up showing up and they're like, yo, this fucking like and they're drunk, but they're still like some fucking guy. Like there's a guy and a girl. And the they cops end up, in this movie, too, are like black pants, black jacket and like a sewn on oh, yeah. patch. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like, you picked it up at the costume shop. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> Let's do it. And she ends up living because the cops scare him away. And he takes off running and then ends up... We know his plan is to kill her. And he's trying to find a way to get into the studio because they've locked it all down. Yeah. Everything's... Sh like, nobody's coming in or out. This guy comes on and he's like, Hey, I just want everybody to know I'm lieutenant. They're like, Fuck you! Yeah. Fuck you, pig! Fuck yeah. Fuck I smell bacon! I smell grease! I smell Los Angeles police! <laughs> That's it. And so they've got the whole place locked down. He can't figure out how to get in. And somehow he goes from priest to tracksuit. He he hides in the parking garage just around the corner. And then he's like, hey, he whistles for the cop. Hey, copper, yeah. <laughs> I think I got a drunkard over here. Mind giving me a hand? <laughs> and the cop's, cop's like, like yeah, I'm going to leave my post. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, walks over to the parking garage, gets nailed by a brick that happened to be laying in the <laughs> parking lot. Right. And but then he switches out to the cop. He uniform. switches the cop yeah. out when we cut back to the door. There's another cop that has taken his place 
at the door, <laughs> but he's like, oh, hello, fellow copper. You have a donut in your hand. You must be a police officer. <laughs> so it's like playing Metal Gear Solid and shit. You just kind of knock somebody out. Get the new person shows up and you're just like, hey, oh, salute. Good job, soldier. Uh, but yes, he gets in dressed as a cop, but then swaps out to the tracksuit. And that's when we learn that the killer is Blaze's husband. Big reveal. This, I mean, this is a fucking, everybody was trying to do that too. You know what I mean? The ending. Like Halloween's ending, you know, Friday the 13th straight, they were like, yo, we copied that shit. Like yeah. a surprise at the end. <laughs> and then everybody was trying to do, and you know, even before Halloween though, I'd say Carrie probably set the tone oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the yeah the the scary ending but so we get this reveal that he's been the husband the whole time but she doesn't think anything of it and he's just like oh i snuck in i was in the bathroom the whole time <laughs> and they're like what the fuck where did you come from right? he's like, like i was this... in there taking a mean shit for this <laughs> <Right>. whole movie <laughs> right exactly and somehow though everybody just accepts what's going on and but where does when does he reveal to her was it in the elevator because this is cool when he rigs her up to the fucking elevator shaft oh yes yes i was like whoa dude this took a major jump in (laughs) logic (laughs) and that's where i feel like this movie suffers because it never quite wants to be exploitation but never quite wants to be like mainstream it doesn't know exactly where it's at but you do have some fun moments and this is probably one of the i think this last 15 ish minutes of the movie is where it shines like you actually get some shit that's creepy finally and some good stuff but he's like, hey, I'm going to put you, I'm going to tie you to this fucking chain and you're going to go up and down. Like as the other elevator goes up, you're just going to go up and down the shaft on a chain for a while. Right. <laughs> and, then it, and then eventually you're going to get smashed underneath. But they do have this exposition like, didn't you know Derek didn't even use your name? He didn't even use your fucking name when he went for the audition. He got the part and it's a good one. <laughs> and you don't pay attention to me or him. Fuck bitch. <laughs> we oh we skipped over when Derek loses his goddamn mind oh, watching dude, his mom. That's, that's uncomfortable. That, that is, is uncomfortable. When he puts the pantyhose or whatever oh, that shit is, yeah. <laughs> squeezes them into his face, and he's just like putting on like makeup. Like <laughs> he's just like, yeah. Wasn't he like piercing like his ears and oh, shit? Oh yeah, he like, sticks sh- a fucking big old pan in his fucking head <laughs> through the. Like, uh... What is going on? <laughs> And then but it we just do... is like, next thing he's like normal again. He's just like, right. hey, what's oh, up, hi, you guys? <laughs> uh, but we do learn somewhere around here that dad had uh, spent some time at the funny farm and shit. And I am glad that we've kind of gotten away from the stereotype of getting mental health help or right. being like, you went to the funny farm or you fucking, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, you're fucking broken. And so yeah. that's why you needed help. That is not real. But man, in the 80s and 70s and shit, even further back, it was just like, send them to the asylum. Yeah. Fucking send them away. Yeah. the Kennedys And they do keep cutting fuck. back to the asylum in this. And everybody's like crazy at the asylum. Dude. <laughs> and they're just putting like blowers, like New Year's blowers in their hands. Yeah, and fucking yeah. hats hey, we're all having a good time, right? And they're like dancing to the TV and getting all into it and shit. Right, it's like right. two flus over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. It was, it was like three or four flus because that shit was not right oh cuckoo's nest though man so what a great movie when i lived in oregon i made it a point to go see the hospital because they filmed in oregon so i got and it's still standing yeah the hospital where it was creepy dude 
But if you ever get a chance to read that book, dude, that's a good fucking book. Because oh, really? it's almost all of it is from Chief's perspective. Oh, and so cool. Yeah, so it's, you know, he's so quiet the whole time. So yeah. you're getting that inner dialogue of how he's observing McMurray come in and do, or McMurphy come in and do all this shit and, you know, have this effect on these people. And Nurse Ratchet's fucking, oh, She's the best. Ugh. She well, the worst, the but the best. Yeah. Dude, that performance. She said people used to spit on her in the street and shit. Like, after that movie came out, she's like, I'm not that fucking person. Yeah, like, that uh, sucks. Like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she killed it in that. So, anyway, you're right. That whole, like, the hospital stuff. But wasn't the the hospital, I think, is where he ended up killing the nurse, right? Yes. Was in was that in, in that hospital. hospital. Yeah. So wasn't he a patient there? So like, wouldn't she yeah. have like interacted with him as a patient and she would recognize him when he's like, hey, Listen. you want to taste of the bubbly and then get them tits <laughs> the, out? <laughs> the logic, dude, the logic's <laughs> out the window. I know. And then but and you compare that to the real tragedy in Cuckoo's Nest when Billy fucking killed himself after that party, dude. Oh, yeah. my fucking heart, bro. My heart. But yes, uh, that was a while. I forgot all. Yeah, you're right. In the fucking shit, though, with the kid pulling the that that made me like super uneasy. Yeah. And it just like didn't make sense. Like you're like, oh, so he's a cuckoo bananas, too. Right. So it's a genetic thing. Maybe they were trying to like show that like maybe he was the killer. I don't know what they were going for with that. But I feel like there's a lot of stories. I think it sets up the ending the way they wanted Mm. just in case of a sequel was more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got her in the elevator shaft going up and down, and he's watching on cameras. Somehow he got into the control booth or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how. He's, <laughs> he hooks but he's like watching. some fucking power cables, like some jumper cables up to the right, thing. And he's right. like, now I have control of the elevators. <laughs> Plugs in the fucking power glove. And he's like, yeah. I fucking love the 80s, dude. They just thought like technology was magic. <laughs> That was the best. Uh, even going back. I mean, I've watched Kung Fury a lot of times. Kung Fury is fucking gold in my mind. But when Hacker Man is like, but time travel is impossible. Oh, wait a second. If I just run this algorithm, and it's, <laughs> yeah. that's how the 80s was with technology. Yeah, it's just, like, like, yeah, just, man, I'm horny. We should make a girl out of a Barbie doll in my computer. <laughs> right. Let's do it. Weird science. <laughs> weird science. And, yeah, the 80s were fucking weird. <laughs> fucking weird. That's why we're so weird, dude. We're products of that fucking time frame. <laughs> But this sequence is fun, watching her go up and down, and then you have a couple in the elevator on the other side that he's watching fucking panic and be like, (laughs) he's just laughing his ass off. But they do figure out that it's him, and a chase ensues where she doesn't die. Right. But a chase does ensue where they end up on the rooftop. And this is the first time we see him in the mask. And this mask is fucking it's creepy. Great, dude. Dude. I'm like, why I'm wasn't like, this just on the <laughs> right, whole time? Yeah. Right. Like, it's so good. It's But I think, again, this was to set up where we're going. So there's a rooftop sequence where he gets up there, puts the mask on, and fucking the Shakespeare comes out, dude. Just start quoting Hamlet. <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Just to start quoting him because when you're crazy as fuck that's what you do uh and the cop's drawn down on him he's like put the gun down he puts down the switchblade i didn't even know if he had a gun in his hand but he puts the knife maybe a gun down and then starts to quote him the cop's like don't do it don't do it and he plunges off the top of the building and fucking splat right down on the ground i don't want to quickly go over this but this is a good scene. Like, I yeah. think this is the best scene in the yes, movie. Yes, this sure. hands down. This is this movie is worth watching if only for this like last couple minutes, because this really like sticks with you a little bit. 
and so he jumps down. Then we cut to Derek down on the sidewalk with his dad, like fucking dad, dad. <laughs> My dad's splattered. He killed everybody, but he's splattered. Mom, you fucking bitch. And they put her in the back of the van, but then Derek kills the fucking... I guess so, but he puts on the mask and gets into the ambulance. And to they, drive it away. It really reminded me of Twilight Zone, the movie, when he's like, you want to see something scary? Uh, yes, dude. I love that. With fucking Who was with Aykroyd at the beginning? It was... Um... But either way, yes, that Twilight Zone at the beginning. I've been watching Twilight Zone for two days straight because that shit's a marathon on sci-fi. <laughs> nice, I've been nice. probably for the past 15 years of my life. That shit just stays on TV during the uh, New Year's. But oh, there's some good fucking Twilight Zone, dude. We might have to do a couple episodes or just a Twilight Zone where we talk about like three or four. I'll handpick a couple. Nice. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, that shit is so powerful and still so relevant. But Derek, like we said, now pulled kind of a Halloween H2O where Jamie Lee Curtis takes off in the van, but we don't see where the van is going. We just assume. But he puts the mask on, and now it's kind of like a transfer of power from dad to Derek. And we assume he's going to be the killer now out in the world uh, because he Derek, we don't see a lot in this movie. Like no. you said, like it's one moment. He's a fucking psychopath pulling red pantyhose over his face. And the next moment, he's perfectly fine eating snacks in the green room. Right. And and this was all because he's being a fucking baby about it. And I was like, <laughs> nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about my starring role in this new right. soap opera. <laughs> Or whatever the fuck it was. It's a series. It's a big series, Mom. It's a series. Uh, how many ball drops out of five do you give New Year's Evil? <laughs> and we can do half balls. Uh, <laughs> this is going to need a half ball. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half. And uh, my three is, I'm going to say, if, if I give it a three, I would rewatch it. Yeah. This is, I'm glad, a two and a half is, I'm glad I saw it. But you'll never. But watch I don't again. ever need to revisit it again. Now and after this viewing, I've seen it a few times, but it had been a while. And even after this one, I'm like, fuck, maybe there really isn't much here because I'm going like one and a half, dude. Wow. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's um, like I said, for me, it just tonally doesn't feel like it knows what it wants to be. Exactly. And there's so much that I could potential. Right. That you're like, fuck, this could be cool. Like this would be a great movie for a remake. Yes. Like, you know, take give an idea. Give it some and... Yeah, yeah. Give it something. Give it a little bit more and up the kills a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, make it a little more and really drive home the feeling of New Year's Eve. Yes. Because this doesn't really feel like New Year's Eve in many ways. Right. You know, they have party hats and shit, but... If you had a budget where you could put, you know, three, four, five hundred people in a room and really create, you Fuck, know, dude, do uh, it in Times Square. <laughs> right. And where you Jason. can just knife somebody and, and walk away. <laughs> yeah, there. Jason, Jason takes Jason New Year's Eve and actually Square. do it in fucking Manhattan for once. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Jason I, takes New Year's Eve. I feel like this movie, too, like I had a hard time getting into it at first when it was about her. But as soon as we like got to the killer and we stuck with him it was fun it's yeah. almost like the movie shifted and then i was like okay now i wish the whole thing would have been with him because he's a lot of fun he's a lot of following fun. Yeah. him and, around and the yeah. kid too you know the mom yeah. i don't give a fuck about she's not a good final girl so no she's not even a final girl i mean she yeah we don't really have a i guess maybe the final girl hadn't truly been established Jamie lee curtis if I mean, she but that was the, the only girl. that was the only real example because I mean, 
let's see. Well, Friday would come out same year. So this came out right before New Year's Eve, though. So I'm sure production for Friday and this were happening around the same time and shit. And, right. you know, it's not the world we live in today. Where it's like a movie came out last week. Good. Now it's trash. Right. Go to the next one. Go to the right. next one. Go to the next one. Yes, we had the final girl, but I don't know if it was, I want to say it was Nancy. Like, Jamie Lee, in my opinion, like you said, is the fucking true blue, the OG, the original. But there was something about Nancy and Nightmare who had that grit to her. You know, Jamie Lee was thrown into where Heather felt stronger. Like, Nancy felt like a stronger character to me, whereas the strength came out of Jamie Lee Curtis but it just wasn't that same like, hey, you're the fucking jock. Figure it out. Like, right. get a baseball bat. Where You know, there was something a little bit different there. Yeah. But yeah, she. Would, I wouldn't even call this one a final. Have you ever seen the movie The Final Girls? Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, that was fun, man. Yeah. That was a, Yeah, maybe we should do that one day. That was a good time. I only watched it, I think, when it first came out. But I know I bought it. So it's sitting in my iTunes somewhere. But yeah, this one, it just, I don't know. Just not there. It's just not there, dude. Nope. Just now. And like, there's some of those last couple minutes are fucking amazing. Like yeah. I might watch that scene again. Right. But, but yeah, I don't know if I'll take the time to go through the whole thing. My, my wife walked in while I was watching it and she was like, Joe's got you watching another one of these bullshit things. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but, but so I have been reading this Thich Nhat Hanh book. I just picked it up from the library, which I encourage everybody. If you don't go to your library enough, go to your fucking local library. It's amazing. Dude, Dude, I'm a so comic book fan. And I mean, I know that's lame, but like the a comic book graphic novel is 25 bucks now at the store. Dude, the library is full of them. Full of brand new stuff. Like the stuff comes yeah. out. I mean, you kind of have to wait a month or something sometimes. But, but who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Well, and if you don't do the, um, I do the digital through Hoopla. Yeah. Is the, that, yeah. yeah. And that, that you can great. get so many comics, dude. If you're okay with reading digital, so many comics. Yeah. So, but what Thich Nhat Hanh, where I was going with that in this, uh, I think it was called Good Citizen or something like that. I don't know. I'll look back at it. But he was talking about the benefits of suffering and how suffering allows us to be more compassionate, understanding type people. And I think seeing shit movies helps us to really appreciate, you know what I mean? When yeah. you do get some good horror and stuff like that. But there's also, there's a, this is a weird transition period in cinema specifically for horror from the exploitation of the seventies leading into the more slasher popcorn friendly teenage horror of the eighties. And so this one, I feel that's where it's at. It was like trying, it was like growing into one thing, but still stuck in the other thing and became this fucking weird amalgamation of a blob. Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Dude. So, so yeah, let's just fucking, but for the next episode, we are bringing Ooh. you something cool, dude. I am yeah. so excited. One that's going to be a lot of fucking fun to talk about. Oh, I cannot wait. Um, we're going to do tales from the crypt demon night. And <laughs> this yeah, is horror so, done right in uh, so many ways like this movie has so dude. much going for it in my opinion it is the best comic book adaptation ever brought to screen dude oh it, shit that's it a feels <laughs> i'm an easy horror guy in those early you know horror comics and shit and this one yeah we'll get there we'll Hell get there yeah. we'll talk all about it yeah. but for now let's um let's switch gears a little bit and just <laughs> talk about some uh yeah some life stuff let's talk about some some life things and 
uh, it's interesting because I had a couple things pulled up. There's a couple things I want to talk about, but the, right as I was waiting for you, I just opened up my news because I only look at it a couple times a day, and I was reading an article in The Atlantic. I can see if I can pull Oh, nope, it's not right there unless it says continue reading. Um, but about happiness and how this Harvard study has been going on for, I think, since like the 30s or some shit. Like they've been found. This is the biggest study ever on the human condition ever completed. And they've been doing it for like generations of people. And the one core thing for happiness is meaningful relationships to have, you know, people in your life that you feel see you and hear you and understand you and that you can be with. And they start breaking down the math and shit. And I'm like, fuck that. You know, if you only saw somebody twice a year for the next 20 years, that's only 40 times you're going to see this human being. And so to take the time to nurture the ones that actually matter. Recently, I had a chance to sit down with a, a good friend of mine and talk through some life shit and stuff like that. And that stuff is important. And even if you don't, you know, be both sides of that. If you don't need it, be that for somebody else. Like if you can be that for somebody else, an ear that, you know, to listen and maybe some advice if, you know, if they want that, if they don't just fucking listen. But at the same time, you know, you're, you can't be a lone wolf. It's, it just doesn't, even if you are, it doesn't usually last very long or it's yeah. probably not a very full life. Right. You know what I mean? It's probably not a, a very full life. And so I was working with another um, another friend of mine, and I'm just going to read this math because uh, we we're talking a little bit about screen time and stuff. And screen time is something that I am passionate about because I feel like it's robbing us all of so much life. It really is. But I don't think it's, you know, I'm not here to be like, eh, fuck, you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Just like but I just else, moderation, <laughs> moderation, dude, moderation. I did the math. I just said, hey, you know, would you mind sending me uh, uh, your screen time, like your shots and stuff like that? And I only looked at social media. I didn't look at anything else. For this person, it was two and a half hours a day on TikTok and one and a half hours a day on Facebook and Messenger combined. Uh, so you're looking at roughly that's four hours a day. And that's just, you know, and for some people, I'm sure it's more. For others, I'm sure it's less. This is just one example. We would need a much bigger pool of data in order to come up with, you know, real kind of information. But anyway, I think the average right now is almost three hours in the United States. This is about three hours a day on your phone. But let's just think about this for a second, okay? So we did two and a half hours a day, one and a half hours a day. We got four hours a day. That's 28 hours a week. So you've got 28 hours a week times 52. That's 1,456 hours a year. You take that 1,456 divided by 24. That's 60 days a year. Jesus, dude. That's two months that's of no your good. life. That's no good. <laughs> that's two days. And then if you take that 60 days over a 10-year period, you end up with 600 days, which divided by roughly 30 on average for a month. That's 20 months of your life. Almost two years over 10 years, you will lose. And that's just, that's total hours. We're not talking waking hours. Right. Take your sleep out of that, readjust that percentage. So I just encourage people, look at your screen time. Yeah. Look at it. See what kind of relationship you have with that shit because your life is going to go by. You don't know when you're going to fucking die. You do not know when you are going to fucking die and you are not going to live forever. Yeah, man. So you can. And if you if you're contented, you know, doing that. Cool. I guess I don't know. Cool, but I put this out there. Try just say I'm going to take half of that and I'm going to use it to do a, a puzzle with my kids. Right. Or I'm going to take a walk. 
and I'm going to walk my dog or I'm going to go to the gym or whatever it is is your thing. Or I'm like you, if it was you, I would say write. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> if I wrote and took up that screen and, and time And think instead. about if you took those hours, though, if you took those hours, and for me, this is a lot of what I do, and I I promise you, like, I'm, I'm never trying to toot my own horn. I don't want to be ever that fucking guy. But I'm using this time to develop my art and shit, but the people who are doing it, like, if we we're running side by side, I'm going to start fucking get way the fuck ahead of you. Yeah, like, I'm just, yeah. it's going to naturally happen if we're walking side by side. You know, because I like you said, it's just refocusing that attention and being like, hey, because that's not to say some good doesn't come from social media. I do believe there is some good comes from it. But I believe if you were to weigh it out on a scale for the four hours a day that you're on there, how many of those hours or minutes do you walk away and be like, yo, I'm a better fucking person. I've you know, I'm moving towards my goals and shit. Or how often do you just sit there and fucking mindlessly scroll and then look up and you're like, it's been a fucking hour. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. And that's time you're never going to get back. Now, to be fair, these systems are designed to keep you hyper addicted. Exactly. They are designed that way. So if you feel like you're addicted to some shit and that's with this, you know, friend of mine that I was talking to about this specifically. And they had asked me, they said, you know, how did you, you know, adjust that relationship and shit like that? Because there was probably a time I was on social media like six, seven hours a day. I love that shit, dude. It's a great fucking it feels good when you get likes and shit. People talk back to you. But there is a disconnect where I don't feel we are developing and nurturing those real human relationships that we need, those people that we need in our lives. Because, you know, if you spend so much time in that fake place, it's you're going to end up a fake fucking person. Your whole existence is going to be fake. Uh, and that sucks. And I don't want people to do that. And and the biggest thing here, you know, if you still don't believe what I'm saying, and this isn't me saying shit. This is just books I've read on the subject matter and looking at the data and stuff like that. But if you, you know, live in that manufactured space, I don't know, man. It's just not, it's not real. I, I don't know how else to fucking say it. It is not a real place. All of those pictures are manufactured. All of, everything is edited. Everything is changed. You know, you're very rarely getting a real raw person. You might get somebody who's like, oh, I had a bad fucking day because they want to get, the, they know they'll get. Um, let's say I put something out a ambiguously and say, oh, just can't believe it. Right, right. And leave it at that. I can't that stand that. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. but then it becomes this dopamine feedback cycle where you're used to getting that hit of that nice. And then on the other side, though, now we get into this world of social media currency where, oh, well, somebody liked my shit. So I have to, you know, reciprocate and give them some likes on their shit. So now it wants me to stay a little bit longer. And all in the meantime, the algorithm is running and being like, just how do we get fucking Frank Niddle snitch to, <laughs> you know, stop and and keep looking for 30 or a fraction of a second in this this one book is a big fucking dense book and it's a lot, but it was called weapons of math destruction. And this shit was so eye opening, dude. And they're talking about, you know, it's, it's the micro fucking adjustments that these algorithms are making. Like, Hey, he stopped for 1.2 seconds on that ad. What could we change to make it 1.5 or two seconds, you know? And it's just constantly working in the background because if you are not paying for something and that something is making hundreds of billions of dollars, you are the product you're yeah. being bought. 
So if you like being bought, if you like being a fucking whore, a prostitute, whatever you want to call it, because that's what this is. You're being bought. They want you like that to buy you and use you to generate money. And that is it. And that is gross. In my opinion, I don't like it. Uh, I wish we could switch social media to pay for it all. Like if everybody paid a dollar and remove all of that shit, you know, you could probably subsidize the rest of the world with developed countries just paying a dollar for an account or TikTok or Snapchat or, you know, whichever one you want to do, Instagram. Um, and I use these things for my business. I do post my shit on there. I put things out there. But I think it boils down to develop a new relationship, whatever your new relationship is right now. Would you stay in an abusive relationship where somebody just uses you and fucking walks all over you? I'm about to get out of one, brother. <laughs> For real. <laughs> it, but that's the thing is, you know, look at your your time with social media as a relationship because you're going to that. You're going to that to spend time with that. That's your choice. You're choosing. I want to be with you. Yeah. You are the thing I want to be with. Yeah. But that thing is using you and spitting on you and fucking calling you stupid and manipulating you and trying to sell you everything under the fucking sun. Absolutely. Whether it be an idea or a hoodie, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. And it's, in my opinion, just a gross system. But you think about that, dude. Think about that. That's fucking two months in one year if you're at four hours a day. If you're more than that, you're cutting more time away. If you're like, well, why ain't I going anywhere in the world? Why isn't the fucking world working out for me? Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. You have to make that choice. You got to break up with your shit and develop a new relationship with it. You yeah. have to. You gave up cigarettes and you picked up social media. Right. <laughs> right. And that's when I was talking to, to this person here and they had asked, I think I was going in that direction, but never got there. They said, you know, how did you like, what made you realize there was too much going on? And I said, well, I fucking drank my life away for like 10 years and the, the symptoms were all the same. It was addiction. Right. Yeah. The symptoms were exactly the same. My, you know, I would see somebody else do it and I'd grab my fucking phone and look like notice people like pull your phone out and you'll notice just people will do it around you instinctively yeah. without even thinking. Yep. Just pull it out of your pocket and hold it in your hand. And if you're in a group of five, probably three will pull theirs out with you, not knowing what they're doing. Yeah. Or just subconsciously, maybe not knowing, but subconsciously. I have to take a seven floor elevator ride every day, dude, multiple times. And you'll see it. One person pulls out their phone in the elevator. Everybody pulls out their phone. Yeah. Yeah. And then that happens all over restaurants. You know, you'll see it no matter it's where you can't be comfortable with people anymore. We're way no. more comfortable with our little electronic friend in our pocket because it, it's it like loves a, us. it tells like, us what we need to hear. <laughs> right. It's like a uh, like you said, it is a, a friend in our pocket and it's like a safety blanket at some point. You know, you can take it out, get on it real quick and be like, oh, yeah, nobody's going to bother. It's me like putting yeah, your little force thing. field around. Yeah, you. Yeah, no yeah, one's going to yeah, fuck little... with me because they're they respect my time with my lover. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, and you had mentioned earlier, and it's something I've noticed even more recently paying attention to it is I'm just paying the fuck attention to my life. Right. Like my kids yeah. and shit, like I'll stop and just watch my kid. And I'm like, fucking that's me. Yeah. And that's like, that's amazing to see. Or like you said, my fucking dog, like I'll go outside and just throw the ball. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, you want to go stand outside? I ain't doing shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's so much life to be lived and life is so rich. It is so rich if you want to taste it. I just don't think that the best flavors are in Facebook or TikTok or it's just not there for me. Well said, sir. Well said. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's it. Episode 10 in the books. Yeah, did dude. It? Every time we do one, I just feel like, damn, we just did something. 
Yeah, we did. And I think it's a good thing. And, you know, we are still working out some of the kinks. We got a, like two shows showed up on the feed and shit. Try and find the one with the lesser amount of episodes. Exactly. And you know what? It is We've been making business cards. I made a QR code <laughs> yeah. that was like, hey, free QR codes. And if you scan that shit, it takes you to a fucking advertisement that's like, hey, if yeah. you pay $35, it's like 35 bucks a week, dude. To have that QR code live, like it is ridiculous. Right, right, right. So, Stupid. You know, we're so we'll figure out. Yeah. yeah, we'll figure out something else. And and you know, if not, I'll I'll just keep talking to people about the show and shit. People who I okay. I meet a lot of horror people in my life. <laughs> so yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot of people I could talk to. When we tell people not uh, to pay attention to like Facebook and stuff, we don't mean don't listen to podcasts. Like that is the number one important thing. That you need I to feel do for like yourself. this is the this is the last fucking wild west, dude. And yeah, it's dude. it's been. It's it's on its final leg of like guys like me and you, you know, because you see these people are putting eighty, a hundred thousand dollars into studios and shit like that. Yeah. Most every celebrity you can think of probably has a podcast. Yep. And it's sad because I remember when it very, I don't want to say first started out, it's probably a couple years in, but it was the Kevin Smith stuff that got me right. in, like thinking about, but like, what's a fucking podcast and, you yeah. know, Smodcast and Smod, all this shit. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, of course, Kevin Smith is just, you know, a talker that I fucking love to listen to. Like the dude, I don't know, just love Kevin Smith. But it has grown into this thing where it is now it's just, you know, it's the same thing that happened to indie cinema, dude. Like we yeah. used to have sweet indie cinema. Yeah. And now when you say an indie movie, people are like, oh, yeah, it was a nine million dollar budget. And it's like, that's right. not a fucking indie movie, dude. Yeah. The Evil Dead was a fucking independent movie. Yeah. Fucking Halloween was an independent movie. Like they made that shit for 300 fucking thousand, like barely any. Like they were raking up the leaves to use them again in the next scene <laughs> and shit to blow them around. Yeah. That's how little money they had. But now independent has become. Um, you know, and YouTube, I feel like, is now the ind true independent cinema mm -hmm. where, you know, you have people making fan films or short films, you know, experimental shit. It, but yeah, the days and podcasting, sadly, is getting to, I feel like, that same place where it's just, man, it sucks. But it's, you know, but even if only one person or even if no people ever listen to us, I'd still sit and do it. But even if only one person ever listened to it, that would be enough for me. Like that one person who is like, yo, if if it really makes your day a little bit better or some shit, that's enough for me, dude. That's Absolutely. enough. Yeah. So if it takes us 25, 30, 50 episodes to finally get all the kinks worked out and shit, we'll figure it out and we'll just keep fucking chit chatting and doing our thing. That's right. All right. So for the uh, Horror Pop Extravaganza, I've been Pops Ghostly. Frank Nardskin. And we will see you, little Nardskins, next week. <laughs>